Most entrepreneurs waste an insane amount of time trying to build their business. They are online 24-7, sacrificing their private life and burning out in the process. This is going to end right now. Welcome to the Content Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Virginia Reasis. I'm a serial entrepreneur, copywriter, business coach, and recovered workaholic. I know what it takes to go from burnt out and overwhelmed to building a six-figure business, posting only once a week and working less than five hours per day. My secret? Cutting out all the crap that doesn't move the needle forward in your business and producing content that actually attracts clients and gets you paid while living your best life. Want to create a business and a life you love? Sit back, relax, and let your content do the work for you. Hello, dear Content Lounge listeners. I am so excited because I have a very, very special guest today. Her name is Varian. I have met her inside the mastermind that I'm in, and I was just blown away by every word she's ever said, <laughs> every question she's ever um, posed to other members. I think she's an incredible leader, and I could not be more thrilled to have her on the show today. So without any further ado, I will hand over the mic to Varian. Hi, Varian. Hello, Virginia. I am really excited to be here with you and with your audience on the podcast. This is exciting. Yes, same for us, same for us. I cannot wait to hear more and share more about your story and what you do. So if you could just yeah, fill us in, what exactly is it that you do, what you coach people on, and how did you get there? You know, I, I uh, it's like many of us, I always hate that question, like, what do you do? Because it's like, well, you know, we could go in a number of different places. But what I really do, I mean, what encapsulates it all is that I really focus on connecting uh, the entrepreneurs that I work with, with their power and their leadership in order for them to make more money. And that may seem strange when you hear that, like power, leadership, what does that have to do with money? But from my perspective, it has everything to do with money and not just money, but sustainable money and fulfilling money, because I have a mandate <laughs> for my business that money has to feel good. It has to be fulfilling. It has to be sustainable. And I believe the only way that we can do that is when we show up in our businesses from the place of power and our leadership. And so that's what I focus on with the entrepreneurs that are in my world. Wow, that sounds incredible. And I think you're so right. It doesn't help us anything if we make money in a way that isn't sustainable, because that's the difference between like hitting, I don't know, 5k, 10k once versus mm -hmm. having a business that generates income every single month after month for years and decades to come. And I wish more people would actually focus on, on the sustainable sustainability aspect of building a business versus just making money. What exactly can you tell us more about leadership? I think a lot of people have heard that term, but they don't necessarily know what it means. What exactly is leadership for you? Well, leadership first is really leading yourself first. It's knowing how to be with yourself and being with your own power. It's so funny. There's this conversation that's not only in our industry, but I think it's in the uh, world at large about boundaries. It's a word that I really hate because... Um, Boundaries only exist because you lack power and leadership. If you were connected to your power and your leadership, you wouldn't need boundaries because that's the natural way of living in the world. You make a decision, you have clarity, but boundaries shows up because of our lack of leadership, our lack of power. And so leadership begins really with understanding how to lead yourself and understanding how to lead people from the different aspects of leadership. Because a lot of times we think of leadership just being out front, but leadership has many different positions leading yourself first, leading others, but leading others from out front, leading others from alongside, leading others from them coming up behind you. So it's a really um, huge aspect of how we exist. But if you boil it down to one thing that leadership is, leadership is influence. Leadership is influence. And it's how, how you are, your ability to influence yourself and then your ability to influence others from different positional aspects. Oh, okay. 
Wow, that's that's really, really interesting. I don't think I've ever thought about leadership as influence, but now that you've you've like laid it out, makes a lot of sense. I think what struck me so much is your potent way of communication or communicating with others and just always being able to place your finger right where <laughs> where the spot is. <laughs> <laughs> and like identify really what the crux of the problem is. Can you tell me more about how did you become such a powerful leader and communicator? All my life, my mother tells me, even from when I was a little girl, I've been fascinated with words. From the youngest of probably four or five years old, I was fascinated with words. And so I always wanted to read. I always wanted to talk about words. And so from an early age, I begin to realize the power of words and that there is life and death and the power of our tongue and the words that we use. And then as I grew older, of course, I began to cultivate that natural instinct and that natural desire. Then I began to cultivate it. That's what my major was in college. That's what, if anything, I have studied most in um, my life is leadership and communication, because I believe that everything rises and falls on communication. Um, John Maxwell, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, was one of my early um, influences reading a lot of his books. And it just really instilled in me that everything rises and falls on leadership and leadership ultimately is communication, whether it be verbal, nonverbal, it's all communication. And so I just really begin to understand at a young age, the power of it, the power that exists in our tongue. And I cultivated that over time. Wow. I think that's probably as close to to as you can get to being a born leader when you realize <laughs> that from that young age, that's really fascinating. I too have been really fascinated with languages and words as well, but I guess from, from a different angle, but I can totally see how leadership would reflect in the way you communicate and the way your language um, is being received. Because when I audit content, for example, or I write copy for other people, then I can always tell if someone is confident in what they are saying or um, coming from a place of leadership because the way they they speak is completely different and the way they write is completely different. I think this is one of the aspects that's probably most challenging for me to teach when, when I teach people how to write copy. Mm -hmm. um, and I can, I can say you have to be assertive and reassured, but I guess it's really that like, leadership aspect that's missing because yeah. if there's there's none then you have these like wonky sentences that just like drip insecurity like you will understand you will probably understand just about anything that is going to happen in your life after my coaching <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like all of this disclaimers that's what I talk to people <laughs> about you know about disclaiming things and um the way I think about communication and leadership, if we were to package them together, you really need three things to, to really allow that to be a force in the world. I think you need authenticity. I think you need conviction. And I think you need truth. And many people are lacking <laughs> um, in definitely one, if not all three of those areas. And I say authenticity because, I mean, of course, you need to be able to be yourself. And for many of us, it's a journey to becoming more and more of ourselves. Um, but what most people have done is they've been most of their lives, they've spent most of their lives being not themselves. Um, it's kind of like what I call not me. They've been not me for most of their lives. And so it's the journey to authenticity. And then it's the foundation of truth. Truth is at the foundation of your power. And most people are afraid of the truth. They're afraid of the truth to themselves. They're afraid of the truth to other people because they're afraid of offending. They're afraid of feelings getting hurt. They're feeling they're afraid of their own feelings getting hurt. So most people dance around the truth. Most people dance and skirt around the truth and it shows up in their power and their leadership. And then um, your authenticity, your truth, and then your conviction. What do you stand for? Most of us know what we stand for internally, but because of what we think the impact might be externally, it is rare that we take a stand, that we stand for our convictions. And it doesn't even have to be grandiose things. It can even be in the small things. But when those things are missing from your leadership and your communication, everybody feels it. Yeah. 
I, I could see that instantly. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's so interesting because you really like boil it. You're so concise. Um, and I really love that about you. I'm going to compare this to content because this is the only, this is, this is the main way that um, I help people with. And yeah, you can tell instantly when those pieces are missing. And it's so interesting because with my own journey with content, I used to be very scared to put myself out there and I had a lot of limiting beliefs. I really, I was fine being the copywriter behind the scenes of like on bigger coaches or entrepreneurs or influencers with 100, 150,000 followers And I was fine writing for them until I was not because internally I always knew I had so much more to share. But I think it wasn't until I really allowed myself to (laughs) follow my, I guess, my truth and my conviction. But that took so much courage. And then again, peeling back layer for layer, um, becoming more and more authentic in, in that journey. And then again, layer for layer over layer, peeling that back, um, that authenticity in my content as well. It's it seems like there's has to be this like infinite resource of courage to mm-hmm. to actually step into that leadership. How can you how can you find that? Where do you get that from? Um, is that something that you help people with too? Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It is a continuous stepping into courage because authenticity, conviction, truth, any of those things, that's not something that you just check a box and you're done. That would be great if it was. But life is always going to give you an opportunity to abandon yourself. Life is always going to give you an opportunity to be inauthentic. I tell people authenticity is a moment by moment choice. That is not something that you check a box and you're done because there's always something that appears as if it's at risk. Because that's the only reason that authenticity is hard. Truth is hard. is because we feel like when we step into those things, there's something at risk. And the more we keep going in our lives, there's always going to appear to be something at risk. And what the core of what I continue to teach the individuals who are in my world is that to never abandon yourself. That's what we we've been we've been taught, whether directly or indirectly, to abandon ourselves for different things, to abandon ourselves for image, to abandon ourselves for approval, to abandon ourselves for acceptance, to abandon ourselves to belong, and all the other myriad of things. And it's like have a commitment not to abandon yourself. I will let everybody go and everything go before I abandon myself. I tell people what I have is like a willing to lose list. And most things in my life, most people, places, and things in my life are on the willing to lose list, which means that I don't want to lose them. I'm not trying to lose them. And it's not even saying that I will, but at the end of the day, I will never abandon myself to keep any of it. Wow, this is not just leadership lessons. This is like how to live a happy and purposeful life as well. Because I think so many of these these factors are they resonate with me on a much deeper level than just business, but also in like living up to your role as a daughter, as a as a mother. I mean, um, motherhood is like (laughs) the number one place where you can abandon yourself. I think Um, your kid screams. for you to do whatever and it's your choice mm-hmm. being like okay well am I gonna get my needs met or am I gonna follow this tiny little um <laughs> human <laughs> who's leading this household so it was definitely something that I don't know I had to learn a lot in in like in my private life as well so and, and even just thinking about that a lot of young mothers one of the things that they're most afraid of is their children not liking them and so they will allow children to run the household because they don't want the children to be upset even when they're little they don't want them to tantrum they don't want them to do whatever it is that they do they don't want them to embarrass them and so you're right sometimes we will abandon ourselves even for the littlest of people but you have to be even willing to lose the the affection of your children in order to discipline them and raise them in a way that is going to support 
them. And it's like, and ultimately when they get older, they're happy for the timeouts and they're, they're happy for the times they didn't get everything that they wanted. And they're happy for the times that they had to come in, you know, in the house and couldn't play all day. They understand that when they get older, but as we are rearing them, we have to be willing to feel the discomfort of being powerful parents. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that sounds absolutely amazing. Now, bringing them back, how about our clients liking us? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not in the business of my clients liking me. That's a bonus. (laughs) that's a a bonus um (laughs) it's like thankfully they all end up doing but it is it is not rare that throughout our relationship my clients are like I hate you my clients get upset at me and I'm totally okay with that because I'm I'm not uh, in their lives uh to for them to love everything that we work through to love every uh, thing that we do, because that's not why we partner together. We partner together to create a wonderful life, a wonderful business. And so I'm going to do my part to do that. And um, yeah, I love it when my clients love me and they all do, but that's never, um, a decision point. Yeah. I think as a coach, it's probably an unrealistic expectation um, to want your clients to love you at all times because growth, um, leaving your comfort zone, transformation, they're all very uncomfortable things to do and very uncomfortable places to be. And if you have someone who is nudging you out of your comfort zone, then I think um, it's very easy to dislike that person in in that very moment, um, or at least to dislike what that person said or or encourages you to do because you, yeah, you have to leave your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But once you're out there and you see all all the possibility that you have, it's uh, yeah, there's probably extra love right there then. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I welcome my clients even when they're feeling that. Let me know. I can hold it all. You know, I can hold it all. And so it's like, tell me, tell me when. And I've had clients. You know, we've had conversations. I got upset at you, but and it's like I love it because that's what real relationship is. A relationship that has not been tested through um, conflict or through upset or through emotions is a relationship that can't be trusted. And so I, I don't mind it at all. I mean, I'm not afraid of conflict. I actually embrace what most people call conflict. So, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. But everything you said could be just as much um, a relationship, life advice, motherhood advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because okay. I don't think we see, I don't see us in silos. I don't, I don't live, work, or experience even my clients in silos. This is not this is not business. And then this is life. And then this is motherhood. And then this is marriage. No, it all is happening simultaneously. And it all impacts everything. So I don't, with my clients, we're diving into everything. Everything. It's not just a business. We may work on strategy one day, but there's something going on in your house with your husband. We need to talk about that because it impacts it all. If if your children are stressing you out, okay, let's talk about that. If you and your mother, uh, you you feel like you can't show up today because what happened with your mother, we're talking about all of that. None of this exists in silos from my perspective. It's like we, 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 we're with it all. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, yes. Yes, a big yes. I know I have definitely brought to my business coach or my mindset coach mm. um, all the things that are happening in my life this month, I think, was um, probably the most emotionally regulated month I had ever had to live because, um, yeah, I, I currently have both kids at home. I have like maybe 45 minutes a day to actually do my business besides client calls. That's <laughs> yes, That's a lot. How do you not lose your leadership in those moments where you where where life and business and all the things that you want to do, all your big dreams, like where all of that feels like it's crushing you or it's getting too much? 
the first thing, which I know is hard for most people to do is the first thing I go to is most stuff doesn't even matter. It's like 99% of the things don't even matter. And one of the things that I always think about, if I were to drop dead, I know this sounds crazy for people, but if I were to drop dead right now, everything that I'm concerned about, most of it would be figured out. People would have to figure it out and people would go on from clients to, to all of that type of things. And so I don't hold most things in highest regard as most people do. Most people make mountains out of molehills. Most things in my life are molehills. It's like, because most things aren't important. If you think about six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, you won't even remember this month. You won't even remember. It will be hard for you even to recall all that went on this month. You'll have this haze of, yeah, I remember during the pandemic and the children were home and that was hard, but it's like most things we won't even remember a year or two from now. But what I have found is that humans have the most mastery at making everything humongous. Everything. A, a, a tragedy. Everything is important. And most things just aren't that important to me. My life and my freedom are the two things. I, My friends laugh at me and even my clients, because, and this is really true. The question I ask myself about most things is, am I going to die? Am I going to jail? If it's not one of those two things, I'm good. I can figure the rest out. And the main thing is I need to be alive and I need to be in my right mind. And so I'm not going to let anything stress me out to take me out of my right mind because it's like all of that. If, if, if I'm not here, I can't do anything. And so my, my, um, my health and my healthy mind is most paramount for everything. And I'll let everything go before I let that go. Oh my God. Oh my God. Marian, I love that. I think it's so, so, so important. This is definitely um, something that I know a lot of people need all the time. <laughs> reminders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I remember one conversation that we had inside the mastermind. Someone brought up that mm-hmm. they're so happy we all met on, on, on a Zoom call now because it felt intimidating to be in the room and no longer be the smartest person or the mm-hmm. most successful person because our coach is so successful. Everyone in the mastermind is so successful. Everyone has their own zone of genius. And I know that there were a lot of people chiming in saying that they felt the same way. I definitely felt the, the who, yeah, the who <laughs> of being in that room. Um, and I remember you said something about choice and decision. Um do you do you recall that conversation? I would love for you to like dive in dive in deeper. It was about belonging and yeah. deciding to be. Yeah, I do remember that conversation. You know, it is it's it, it is normal what happens. People come into um, different situations, different rooms, different connections, and of course, what what are most of us doing? We are desiring to put ourselves in rooms where we can grow, rooms that make us feel more expansive, rooms where there are people who are further along than we are in whatever the thing is that we're doing. And so naturally, when we do that, we're looking around and we're looking at the accomplishments of people. And if you aren't decided and if you don't understand what it means to be really valuable, what begins to happen is you begin to look around the room, if you will, and start comparing yourself and start getting intimidated by what you see and deciding, oh, I don't know if I belong here. And I think some of it is uh, um, some of it is the natural human feelings. And then I think some of it is habit. I think we've just a lot of people just taught themselves to do stuff like that. Like people say, I was terrified or I'm just so scared. It's just a habit. People just say stuff. But I think people have taught themselves to make themselves small in the presence of whatever it is that they put on a pedestal. And so I was sharing that, you know what? Belonging is not something that happens from the outside. Belonging is a decision. 
And if you're going to be in a place, decide that you belong. There is nowhere that I go that I don't belong. If I am there, if I have decided to be there, I belong and I don't need anybody else's agreement or I don't need anybody to um, to decide for me what belonging is for me. I belong if I choose to be there. It is a decision. It's not something that is externally validated for you. Now, other people, they could look at you and think you don't belong, but that's that's what they have to deal with. That's not something that you have to contend with. You have to decide that you belong wherever you choose to be and stand in the power of that decision and then let everything come from there. Ah, so much wisdom there. I really love that. I think and we and we what we and what we do too, which is like I remember writing a post about this years ago. Because people make a lot of money or people have some accomplishments, audible sub that makes them superhuman. And it's like you have to remember, it's like money doesn't make anybody accomplishments that doesn't make anybody. It's like okay, yes, I can applaud and acknowledge your accomplishments. I meet on a human to human level. I don't give a rip what accomplishments you have, what money you have. I'm meeting you on a human to human level. And that's always a level playing field. Everything else, I can acknowledge that and celebrate you for that. But what I believe most people do is they meet them and put them in a different human category because of their accomplishments and their money. And I... That's not what we're supposed to do. We are equally human. And because we're equally human, that's why I meet you. And then I get to decide if I like you by that interaction, not because of your accomplishments and the money you have. Speechless, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, I I prefaced this podcast episode saying that I love every word you say and I'm hanging from every Voxer message that you send and I'm excited to receive them because I think there's there's this vibe in the coaching industry or in the self-development industry that you just need a better strategy. You just need to know how to write better content. You just need to know how to price your offers or how to market them. But it's not true. I don't think everybody can lead coaching containers. Everybody can teach something, I think. Um, And if you don't know how to teach, I think you can learn that probably more easily than leading other humans through the maze of life and life plus business. And as you said, they don't exist exclusively from each other in a vacuum, but they are all mingled and mixed together. There's a reason why my podcast is called um, Building um, a Business and a Life You Love, because I think your business is the key or holds the key to creating the kind of life you want. And I've always been very adamant about you have to really look at what you're building there and how you perceive life and how you interact with people and how you like the decisions you make because like you only have one life and like the kind of company that you surround yourself with. And there's just so much to learn and so much to do. And most of it is probably internal and person in, in how you view the world and how you view yourself. Absolutely. And I just, love that you say it's a habit because I think (laughs) I think a lot of people have that habit of like putting themselves down don't be too big don't allow yourself to be seen that doesn't feel safe don't put yourself out there don't talk too much don't post every day um what do you think the role of like safety is in in your business and your life (laughs) It's so funny that you picked that word because even when you said it, I was thinking in my mind, I'm like, oh, that safety thing. Oh, <laughs> you're so, I mean, you you went right in on it. I love that, Virginia. You're so, you're, you're so perceptive. You're such a keen um, and brilliant woman. Um, 
Oh my God. Now I'm flushing. <laughs> no, it's serious. I mean, seriously. And I don't say that. Um, I mean, I don't say that to flatter. I mean, even some of the shares you have reflected back to me in the mastermind have been so powerful because a lot of times, right. We don't see ourselves the way that uh, it's landing on other people. And so some of the reflections and the feedback that you have given me have been, been so powerful and so um, specific in how you have shared it. And so I definitely recognize your brilliance and in, in, in the way that I speak and you hear it when you speak, I hear it as well. So um, definitely, definitely. Okay. I, I'm just having like the biggest fangirl moment. It's like <laughs> you're Beyonce and I'm just like standing in the crowd and you pick me to sing on your stage and I'm actually hitting the note and I'm like, oh, can't believe this is happening. And we're both wearing leopard dresses. Just I love that analogy of actually hitting the nose. That is hilarious. <laughs> that is funny. Oh, uh, yeah, this whole safety thing. And in a, I believe in our industry. And when I say our industry, I'm talking about the personal business development industry at large, self-help business at large. I believe that a lot of the things that were learned, brought up, brought into conversation that were necessary. Now they, in a way, they cripple in our industry from my perspective, things like trauma, things like uh, safety that we're going to talk about, it boundaries. What, from my perspective, they are now things that needed to be brought up into the conversation, but now people almost use them as crutches and use them as ways to not have to develop in their power continually. This whole conversation of safety. It's like, I get safety. People feel safe in my presence. And while at the same time, what I want women, people at large, but women who are most of my clients to learn to cultivate safety within and take your safety with you. Take your safety with you. If you take your safety with you, which comes through your own power, your own trust in yourself, your own belief that no matter what, I know how to take care of me. You don't depend on the world or you don't depend on containers to take care of you. Now, it's wonderful when spaces, uh, you can relax into spaces, but I think this looking for safety is a cop-out of not developing your power power in a way that makes you safe wherever you are. And I'm not talking about physical safety because of course there can be places where our physical safety is threatened, but this safety that we talk about in our industry is emotional safety and making other people, other spaces having to create that for you is still a lack of power. I don't depend on a space to be safe. I know how to take care of myself. I know how to do what I need to do for me. I know how to protect me. I trust myself. I trust that whatever comes up, I can, I'm able to handle it. So I don't need someone to create a safe space. I bring my safety with me. And if that space happens to be conducive to that, wonderful but I'm not looking for safe spaces or I'm not, oh, this place doesn't feel safe. No, you lack power. And let's get your power developed. Let's get your power strengthened. Let's get that solidified. And that's when you really start moving and shaking in the world. See, I could talk about this stuff all day. (laughs) (laughs) I would be listening all day long. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want that so much for, and for everybody, because um, I, and I say that because I say for women, I, and I'm everybody, I want that, but definitely for women, I want every woman to feel like I feel in the world. Mm-hmm. If I could bottle that up and sell it for every woman to feel just solid in herself, to feel safe in herself, to trust herself. I mean, I want every woman to feel like that. It would be a whole different world. That's for sure. Yes. I have a, I have two more questions specifically on the topic of power and safety. Do you think when babies are born and then they are being raised, if they all had the same kind of like upbringing conditions, would everyone be safe and powerful? If they had the same upbringing If it was good, 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, if it was the same good and safe kind of like upbringing, um, I don't want to say trauma or struggle free, because I think that would probably yeah. not be conducive either to like building their resilience. But let's say they, if they all had the same kind of upbringing, would they all hold the same level of power um, and safety? If they have exactly the identical same upbringing, or do you think how the infants perceive like there would be difference in there? Well, how you are raised has a has everything to do with how you perceive. So if we were all raised by people who were healed and whole themselves, yes, of course that's impossible. But if but how we were raised and how it's all about perception. It's all about how the people around you and the people closest to you, how they gave meaning to things and to life. I can remember when I was seven years old and I came home from school one day and I said, I came home from school and I was mad. And so I was coming and back then you could walk home from school. You can't do a lot of that now. And I came into the house and I went to my mother and I was like mad. And she was like, well, hey, baby, how she normally does. And she was like, how was your day at school? Like, the garlock said she didn't want to be my friend. And so I'm expecting my mother to be on my side and be like, yeah, who is that little girl? What, what does she mean she doesn't want to be your friend? And my mother heard me out, heard the story about what happened. And then what she said to me, she said, well, that's okay that Marjorie doesn't want to be your friend. She doesn't have to be your friend. She gets to choose who she wants to be friends with. And there's nothing wrong with you. And there's nothing wrong with her. She just chooses that she doesn't want to be your friend. Don't make her wrong for that. Now, I didn't know as a seven-year-old And I didn't even realize it until about 10 years ago when people started asking me things about why I am the way that I am. And I began to look back over how my mother raised me. And I didn't realize when I was seven years old, my mother kind of inoculated me against needing approval from people or people not liking me because she gave a meaning to it that didn't mean anything bad. And so I grew up, if people didn't like me, that was their right. And it was nothing wrong with me. It was nothing wrong with them. They got to choose. It was choice. It was preference. And I just look back over my life and all of the way, little ways that my mother would teach those type of lessons. And I mean, of course, I didn't choose my mother. I feel like I won the mama lottery. That's what I tell the people. And I say my mother because my father died when I was nine. So my mother was my biggest influence. Yeah, and I wish we could send some uh, some politicians or uh, or country leaders in school with your mom because those are some fantastic lessons that I think if everybody had the the benefit of learning them at such an early age, we would have a much more courageous and much more um probably authentic world and people would have mm-hmm. more courage to or they would they would feel safer to like be themselves but also i think there would be a lot less judgment if you're different so yeah because most people don't have someone and just think about it i mean now that you've been in this work for so long, I'm sure you're able to help your children process in a different way than a lot of people would help their children process. But a lot of people have never had people process, help them process things along the way to give them meaning that empowers them. Because to, I always tell people, we create meanings for things. If you get to create the meaning, why would you create a meaning that harms you? That doesn't make sense. But that's what most people do. Because without training, your brain will fall to the negative aspects of things. And so most people haven't trained their brains how to serve them powerfully. 
And so they fall to the negative aspects because it's like we get to make up the story. But most people make up negative stories to, to most people make up stories to hurt their own feelings. And it's like, why would I do that? But most people have not been trained that you can actually make up a story that doesn't hurt your feelings. You can actually make up a story that doesn't make you less than. You can actually make up a story that doesn't make you feel bad. Mm, yeah, I love that. When there are two places where where I've really experienced the power of helping people make something else mean dif- mean something different or choosing a different meaning, assigning a different meaning. And the first one is changing the meaning um, or like taking control of your story, really. So really like you getting to choose I have this concept of the story arc of where you, um, what was like the rock bottom slash turnaround moment, which would be like the climax of a scene, right? And then where are you right now? And by taking control of that story, you really get to like frame it in in a way that feels true and authentic to you. And also like by repeating that narrative in your marketing over and over again, you really can replace that old narrative or meaning that doesn't serve you. Like in my story, my first business put me 100K in debt. Um, I went in mm-hmm. thinking like, oh, I totally got this. I have two degrees in business, one in fashion design. Of course, I'm going to be able to have a, an active wear e-commerce brand. Yeah, sure as hell I did not. I had no freaking clue, <laughs> no self-awareness, no ability to regulate my emotions. And I was just in a constant state of panic and fight and flight mode. And that's where the 100K mm-hmm. that came from, because you have to put in the money to produce. And I could that I could have made that mean all the things that I'm a bad person, I'm a bad entrepreneur, I should just get a job. But I had I don't know <laughs> if something went right or wrong in how I was raised, but I've just been way too stubborn. Like failure doesn't matter if I want something, I want something, I'm gonna go get it. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm not sure my baby is just the same way. And so we're butting heads a lot. But it's like, I could have made this mean all the things or I could have taken control of that story and said, yeah, my first business put me 100k in debt. And then I rose Mm -hmm. out of it, I learned how to sell and then I went on to build a really successful copywriting and then coaching business. Right. So um, changing the meaning by like taking control of your story is one thing that I think is really powerful for people. And then like replacing that, because I think the brain can't actually tell whether something is true or false. If you repeat a lie often enough, you start to believe it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, I can remember when I was younger, um, cause I had my son when I was 17 And so when I was probably in my mid twenties, late twenties, like 27, 25 to 27, if I would talk about my son and probably about 25, he was like seven and say, if I was at work and I would talk about him and people who didn't know me, like when I would say something and say he was seven, I could automatically see their brains. Like, and I would just say, I would say I had him when I was 17. So you can stop trying to calculate. (laughs) And what I would do, I would just take the, I would take the sting out of it and I create what this means. And so, and I mean, at that, that point, even whatever they would be thinking that was left with them because I took any sting out of it by addressing it and putting it in my own meaning for the story. That's why even like a lot of times, like I hate another thing in our society where people talk about shaming and all that stuff. It's like shaming can't happen unless you shaming yourself from the inside. Shame from the outside has to attach to shame on the inside. It's like, you can't shame me. (laughs) You cannot shame me if I'm not already, I would have to be shaming myself in order for you to shame me. You can think something about me, but that's not shaming me. I don't care. <laughs> Best example, talking about money online does not t- like does not do anything to me. And then people come and go like, you're so cringy. And I'm like, okay. Right. It's like <laughs> just to you, maybe, but you know, it's like you're fine <laughs> with that because you're not, there's no shame on the inside of you for that. And so when they try to bring that shame from the outside, there's nothing to connect to. And so it falls away. Ah, this is so interesting because I definitely do know I have some like sometimes unwarranted emotional reactions to when my husband says something 
Um, and I definitely know that they they come with like thoughts of like, I'm not enough or I'm not good enough as a wife or as a mother, as I don't know, the leader of the household. And then sometimes he's like, oh, we're out of, I don't know, baking paper and I go explode. And that's like, there was no shame on the outside at all. It was just an information and the shame on the inside went on like full throttle volcano-like explosion. And my husband does not know what what happened to him when I turned into a fire-spitting dragon. Like, hey, hey! <laughs> I've never yeah. thought about shame being like an outside and inside thing, but that, yeah, I, I can tell. I can tell. Yeah, I can. Have I to, have it both ways. You have to feel bad about something for what somebody else to say about it to make you feel bad. Because it's, it's like... Um, well, there's um, a quote I don't remember, but no one can make you feel bad yeah, about Eleanor yourself. Roosevelt. Eleanor Roosevelt. That's one consent. of my favorite quotes. No one can make you feel um, inferior without your consent, and yes. that's the and that is the epitome of truth. It's like no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So when you're feeling something that somebody else has done, it's like that's connecting with that's with your own certainty that's connecting with your own shame guilt or whatever it is it's not that it's them because if you're clear about it it won't even matter the signal that is exposing something that you have not yet truly resolved and so you get to look at it if you choose okay I just need to ask this question like how can we sign up with you how can we work with you how can we do all the things with you how can I move in and be like the fly on your wall because I want to learn all the things about what it is like all this magic that that like the mindset the energy the vibes all the goodness like tell me all the things that we can work with you because I think not just not just me but really every single person who's tuned in right now needs to know you where can we follow you Okay, I need to you stop asking me. more questions, um, but <laughs> you can definitely follow me on Facebook. That's the place right now where I'm I um have shown up the longest and the most. I am now dabbling into Instagram and, and getting better at Instagram, but you can follow me on Instagram at Varian Brandon. Well, VC Brandon on Instagram, but if you type in Varian Brandon, you'll see me as well. On Facebook is Varian Brandon. You can follow me there. And if you follow me there, then you'll be able to see all the things that I began to offer. Uh, this year. So yeah, go to Varian Brandon Facebook and Instagram and begin to read and get indoctrinated into the way I see the world. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes, I definitely, I will, I will ask you for like, I will, or I will copy your Facebook link because yes. I, I am one of the lucky ones who gets to be your friend. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Your, your profile is public, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Yep. Phenomenal. So I will go ahead. I will copy the link. I will put it in the show notes. Everyone, you can find mm-hmm. it in the show notes. This is some like Varian is the kind of person where just being around you, I think, will change how you how you see the world. And man, I really, I really hope that you'll have, I don't know, your own podcast, YouTube channel, book speaking events, because I think so many people, not just coaches, but like so many people, so many women really, truly, genuinely need everything that you have to say. They you know, need to hear it and absorb it. I do it. have a podcast, Audacity the Podcast. If you go to Audacity the Podcast, it's out there. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, then Audacity the Podcast also heard, goes I've right into the show. recording again, but there are probably about maybe 100 episodes out there. Uh, so, uh, and I'm going to soon start recording again. But yeah, Audacity the Podcast. Marian, I told you I only have 45 minutes without kids. How dare you put 100 <laughs> episodes on my to-listen list now? <laughs> I did not know you have a podcast, but I will I will subscribe literally right now. And I will, I don't know when I will ever sleep again, but... <laughs> I don't know. How old are your children, Virginia? So baby E is exactly one and a half years old with the personality of like... A full-grown woman. Oh, wow. She is incredible. And I also have a son. I call him the big kid. I don't really talk about my children publicly on, on social media. And um, he is three years and a couple months. And he is the sweetest, most, like, 
kind child you could imagine. He is full of sunshine. I think he wasn't even three months old when he was just like giggling, but like loudly and happily. And it's just, he could smile all day long and he's so sweet and they were so different and such opposites. Mm -hmm. Um, He's, (laughs) I love them both to pieces and they both challenge me in such different ways baby e i i feel like i am meeting myself and with my son i feel like i'm constantly challenged to be kinder softer more loving and like help him make the right kind of meaning of the world um because he is so gentle and oh, wow. so 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 sweet so yeah that i mean my hats off to you and and women like you who are endeavoring to run businesses with little ones because that's a lot it's like i had my little grandson my grandson just turned 1 in november and over christmas i had him a few days and i was like i don't know how these women <laughs> do cuz he's just constantly exploring everything you know and just moving and just, and i'm like Wow, to have to have that every day and to run successful businesses and have husbands and families and have to do all the things that you all do. My hat is off to you women who are doing that. Bravo to you. And especially in this pandemic where you where the kids are home all the time, have been over the last couple of years. So that's a that's a huge uh, feat. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It does feel good to be to be recognized for that. It is, it is a lot and you just cannot attach to mm-hmm. a schedule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only thing that is fixed on my schedule are my client calls and everything else will happen or won't. And as you said, there are mole holes, not mountains. So. Yes. And I mean, and your children are still at the age where you're still cultivating and they're still developing reasoning and understanding and all of that. So um, it's not like they are bigger kids where you can put them on a schedule, do this, do this and do that. They're still developing all of that. So that's a lot, girl. <laughs> well, I'm trying part of like the healing and the business is also to like, make sure that I can, I can be the best mom and like be there for them and make sure it's my responsibility to create the space that I crave to be there with my kids. Mm-hmm. And my husband laughed so hard. He had no idea what affirmations were, but my son told him because I've taught my son. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, man. This was a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for being on the show. Everybody, follow Varian on Facebook and listen to her podcast. Um, it, she's going to change your life. Whether you join any of her paid containers or just eavesdrop <laughs> on what she has to say. Um, Varian will change your life. And I'm so grateful and so thankful and happy that I've met you in the mastermind and that you came on the show today. Thank you Thank so much. You. Thank you so much for having me. Content loungers, listen up. This is your chance to ditch the hustle and take a massive leap in your business and your income. This month, one of you guys is going to work with me one-on-one and together we will create a content strategy that turns you into a client and money magnet without working more. This is valued at over $2,000. And to get in on this, simply leave me a five-star review, take a screenshot and DM it to me on Instagram. Wishing y'all massive success in your business. See you next week. And until then, sit back, relax and let your content do the work for you.